Good morning, beloved sons and daughters of God, in whom your Father is already well pleased. And that means more to me today than any other day. So isn't it good just to be together, to hang out and have some coffee, some snacks, to visit, to encourage each other, to gather together and worship, and to just be built up and strengthened together in his word. We're blessed. You know, we're, we, uh, I was thinking about it this morning. We're at the confluence of two holidays. One holiday where we acknowledge and celebrate Thanksgiving, and another holiday where the primary focus is joy for the gift that God has given us. And uh, so, as I was praying this morning, I realized we have so much to be thankful for, but I think perhaps the most important thing that we can truly eternally be grateful for and please listen with an open heart and open spirit right now the one who knows you best loves you most and that alone is enough reason for you to love yourself you can't hide anything from jesus you can't deny anything you can't ignore anything all the things that you think could separate you from god he already knows and he already loves you best, more than anyone else could possibly love you. And that gives you more purpose, more dignity, more identity than any philosophy, any achievement, anything you could possibly do for you to know that you can love yourself. And it's not vanity or ego. It's agreement with Jesus. That's amazing. That is amazing to me oh and so i'm grateful uh, for the gifts i'm grateful for all that he's done and you know what out of a heart of gratitude our lives can flow in every area that god has designed for us so i was uh, reminded of an experience Lori and i had our first missions trip we took six people to uzbekistan in I think 1999 and we were doing a marriage conference for missionaries so the main reason missionaries leave the mission field is their marriage gets in trouble or their family is having trouble because they're so busy serving and using their gifts and working with other people that they can avoid their or sometimes avoid their priorities ignore their spouse or their kids so we were there to help encourage and build people up. And the last um, session, we were all gathered in a room, and we were worshiping and just having a great time. And then a number of people saw this, and it's, I believe it's connected to what God is doing right now here at Abiding Place and in the city of Portland and in many other areas. Some of the missionary wives in particular, they saw this huge wave crash from the ceiling down into the center of the floor and the wave hit the middle of the floor and then ran sideways ran up the walls and created a wave on both sides that just crashed on everybody and we could all feel it actually in fact i was playing the guitar at the time not as well as miko and uh and honestly i, I knew something happened i didn't see the wave myself but i could feel the presence of god just so intensify in the room that it almost knocked me backwards i started to go like that and there was a couch behind me and it was almost like, whoo, hey, here's my feet, everybody. I mean, I almost did a full backwards flip. And then it, I felt free. Do you ever notice in God's presence, 
You're free to be who you're created to be in him. When the presence of God shows up, the sense of well-being, the sense of affection and, and genuine care that you have for other people, it intensifies because you're getting touched by his nature. Is that right? And so you know what I did? It had never occurred to me during the whole conference up to that point. I just took the guitar off, and I went down on the floor, and I saw someone that God was highlighting to me, and I just began to pray for her. And guys, bam, she went down hard. And I was like, okay. And I went and prayed for another person, and then another person, and then all of a sudden there was a commotion in the room. And, uh, you know, it was a little bit distracting, but I kept praying whatever God was putting on my heart for people. And, uh, and some of the missionary ladies came up to me. They said, Pastor Charlie, there's a lady back there, the one that you prayed for. We think maybe there's something demonic going on because, you know, she's really upset. And it's like, can you come over? And it's like, okay. So I go over, and, and my first thought was, wait a minute. We've just had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make sense to me that there's going to be some demonic activity blocking what God is doing when the atmosphere has so much of God's presence here. But let's go see. So I go down, and this girl was from Korea. And so through an interpreter, with everyone at the conference watching me, I'm talking with her like, okay, what's happening? And she began to express what was going on in her heart. And, uh, and so then after I heard a little bit of what I thought she was saying, I got up and I said to everyone, you know what, this is fine. God is just doing a deep work in her heart, and this is just some soul pain that is being released to God. He's healing her in this moment. So everyone's like, oh, okay, cool. So it wasn't demonic. It was just a deep healing God was doing. And so then we go and we, you know, continue on ministering and, and going into the rest of the conference. Well, later on, when that girl got up off the floor in a way that maybe is unprecedented, maybe I've seen four or five times, uh, you know how Moses in the presence of God, for a while he was shining, he was glowing? Well, this, this girl was radiant with joy almost so much that you almost felt like you should look away. And when she explained to people what was going on, what happened to her, she was the hardest working person on the Korean team. She would get up in the morning, serve everybody, work all day, serve everybody at night. She would work when everyone else was asleep. I mean, she was a worker. And in that moment when we were praying for her, she said for the first time ever, she actually felt loved. She felt the peace that she had with God, but in the very next moment she realized her whole life in missions work was spent trying to find that peace with God and that love from God in all of her doing. And it broke her heart. She never got her father's approval. She was always striving for acceptance. She worked and worked and worked, and then through no fault of her own, because she didn't deserve it, God gave her that peace and that love that she had wanted, and she realized all of that hard work was wasted. It was just striving. It was her trying to do what only God could do in her life. And man, I will tell you, when she gave that testimony, I was absolutely freaked out. And uh, by the way, there were two other missionaries from Switzerland who were very apprehensive about charismatic gifts. And uh, when you know, and they're like, I don't know, man, this guy, he says ho, and I don't know why he's going ho, you know. And so they were trying to figure out what all that was about. But when they saw that Korean girl get up off the floor filled with joy and no longer having to perform to find approval, they went, we don't understand it, but we want it. And so they asked for me to pray for them. 
for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I say all of that because it really focuses on what's on my heart for today. Do you work to receive love? Or are you loved and so you work out of that place? You perform out of being loved. An even deeper question, do you, the things you do, the kindness, the acts of service you do for others, are you doing it so you'll be right with God? Or are you already right with God and everything that you do and the way that you work flows out of that? This is an essential question to tapping into flowing in the power of the Spirit in a way that releases God's healing presence or striving in a human spirit to perform and to be good enough. This is a crucial question for all of our faith. Ho! Oh. So the simplest way of saying what today is about, we are justified by faith in Jesus. Our faith in Jesus alone is what makes us right with God. Romans 5.1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By faith in what? Anything? Faith in everything? Faith in the goodness of Mother Nature and her creation? It isn't just random faith. There's an aspect of the church, an element of the church that just preaches faith. Well, with God, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Is that true? But have you ever put your faith in the wrong thing? Have you ever put your faith in the wrong person? Anybody ever let you down? So eventually you go, well, I don't know about this whole faith thing. And by the way, I, I don't want to focus on this, but for the sake of the message, one of the best definitions of the kind of faith this is talking about that I like is you can say you trust something, you can say you believe in something, you can say you have faith in something, but when you get a chair and you put it up here on the stage and then you go ahead and you throw yourself into the chair, you give full reliance on the chair to hold you up, your, the weight of your body, that is faith that that chair can carry and sustain your weight. And it's that kind of faith I'm going to give full reliance I'm going to allow my actions now to be resting upon the person of Jesus Christ and who he says he is. And in that moment, we experience something the Bible calls justification. And I ask you, please do not check out just because it's a theological word. It is a power word. It is a life-giving reality that we are all either living in or not. And by the way, myself included, there is not a person in this room or online who is living in the full revelation and the full experience of allowing God's justification of your life to saturate you and motivate everything you do. I want more. I want to fully understand and fully apprehend, apprehend everything Jesus did for me on the cross and let it become my living reality. Come on. Thank you, Yuda. 
She's getting, she's getting it started. She's our little fire starter. I love that. Oh. The right understanding of justification is actually crucial to our Christian faith. In fact, once Martin Luther got a hold of the concept of justification by faith alone, he became a Christian and his life became overwhelmed with the joy of his salvation. Before that, what he knew was the religious teachings of the church. But then all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, whoa, it's my complete reliance, my faith upon Jesus resting in him that I'm now forgiven of my sin, and even more profoundly, I'm given his righteousness. So I just want to touch on something real quickly. Um, You're all here, and I believe you've responded to the gospel. You heard somewhere the good news that the one who knows you best loves you most. And some part of you began to believe that. And as you began to trust in Jesus for your salvation, you went through a stage of regeneration where God gave you new spiritual life that you were not capable of creating on your own. It was 100% God that put this seed in of you. Now, you have a new spirit. And then if you actually receive that, there's another step, ho, that we begin to embrace. And that's conversion. When you receive that new life, the old life that you were living, now you become aware. I don't, I don't want to do hurtful things. I don't want to do relationship-breaking things. I want to turn. I want to change. I want to repent of anything that would come between me and the love of my Father, and your heart turns, and that is your response to regeneration and the trusting in Jesus. But then something even more profound and beautiful happens here because when you turn away from that sin, what happens to the guilt of your sin? Now that you're aware, I'm not loving people the way that God loves, I am fearful, I am selfish, I'm complacent. I'm put, insert whatever you were before you were regenerated. What happens to the guilt of all of that? God must do as he promised for someone whose heart is in that position. He forgives us of our sin and he makes a legal declaration that we are no longer liable for punishment and he declares, declares us as righteous in his sight. Without you knowing you're forgiven, you can carry, how, let's be honest, I'm, again, my hand is up with the rest of you. How many of you are still carrying shame for some of your sin, some of your mistakes, some of your regrets? How many are allowing the enemy to come and bring condemnation for something that has already been dealt with with the ultimate price? Why? Does the enemy have access to torment us and identify us based on our past and our failures when God doesn't see it that way anymore? But forget that. I mean, if we were walking in the fullness of his forgiveness, shouldn't we be the most thankful people on earth? Shouldn't we be walking around as light as air? 
Just like, come on, there's nothing coming between me and my father. There's no stain of sin or iniquity that can keep me from his love. Come on, I'm going to live out of that place. But more than that, now it's not just good enough that you're not ready for punishment. Now he goes, okay, and by the way, Jesus' righteousness, the life he lived, the example he was of what love is, the exact representation of the father is expressed in the person of Jesus Christ the very heart of the Father, and he goes, now, beloved sons and daughters, I see that in you. Come on. It's the scales of justice. You know, he not only takes care of the sin, but now he puts in your favor the, on the scale the righteousness of Jesus, and you are justified. You, the scales are now balanced that you are who God says you are. Is anyone in this room living in the fullness of that? I ask you, seriously. Do a quick little heart check. I doubt it. So, I want to give you a quick definition of justification. I wrote this one down. Thank you, Wayne Grudem. Justification is the instantaneous legal act of God in which he thinks of our sin as forgiven and Christ's righteousness as belonging to us, and he declares us righteous in his sight. Yeah, but I messed up. I, you know, I'm, I'm already kind of bored, and Charlie, you're not connecting with this message. Oh, I just sinned in my attitude toward Charlie. I mean, you know, there's this head trip that the enemy likes to play on us, and I know some people who are just amazing and incredible saints of God but they're tormented by condemnation. And we know that in Christ there is no condemnation. Anybody been trying to live that one out for your whole walk? I know I, I have, and it's finally getting better. So Jeff, as you might remember in September, he taught a class on preparing for the wave, the wave that Nico's talking about, the wave of God's move. And by the way, I mean, we could give testimonies for the rest of the service and I think inspire each other but there is a hunger and an openness and a readiness that I have seen in the last four to six weeks that I don't think I've ever seen before. I've driven for Uber for five years, but I've had people in my car this week, an attorney who is going through a gut-wrenching, unwanted divorce, who just broke in my car and asked for a card and can we pray, can we get together? A man, 35 years old, who tragically lost his wife to cancer who's wondering, what can I do with this grief and this pain? I've been crying for four months, and we got to pray. Guys, this is unusual. This is unprecedented. You're praying, and it's working. People's hearts are needing hope to get free from their pain and even their sin. The harvest is so ripe, like I think I've never seen before. Look, Lori, you're seeing it too, right? And, and now it's not even like, you know, well, well let's talk about the four, you know, my, I, I have a very close person in my life who we were at a family gathering, and they pulled me aside and just said, hey, Charlie, can, I've really been wondering what life is about. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I've got this stirring. There's this confusion. I kind of think like I'm hearing this voice, and I'm just not sure what to do with it. God is starting to talk to her. And so we got together, and for two hours, I, I couldn't go to the pantry. I apologized, but first things first. 
this family member that I've known since birth, who I deeply love, she's got these stirrings and this hunger. And what am I going to do with my kids? And guys, it was, have you ever done that where you, you, you share your faith with somebody who's that hungry? It's not even work. It just pulls the very best. It's like God has a perfectly designed program for each person and all we need to do is tap into what he's doing in that moment in their life be present with them and where they're really at and be present with god in that moment and man you're a majority of one you got everything you need amen hmm. okay I'll, I'll do this next part later so i want to share um a couple of other verses that have really been provoking me and, and it's just wonderful uh, Romans 3:26, and you can read more later but um, for the demonstration I say of his righteousness at the present time so that he so he would be just talking about God the Father so that God the Father would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ He's talking about getting free from the law. And you, you, if for those of you who are studiers, I did this, and it kind of it did blow my mind. If you have a piece of Bible software on your phone or on your computer, type in justified by faith and see what comes up. You would be shocked. It is so central. It is such a big issue. That phrase alone, there are so many dimensions of what God reveals about his heart to redeem people, to save people, to justify them, make them right in his sight, and free them to be just like his son. It, it's actually mind-blowing, and we're going to deal with one controversy in a minute. So, uh, oh, I loved this. And uh, so I want to read Galatians 2. That was one of the ones that popped up. Galatians 2, 15 and 16. We are Jews by nature and not sinners from among the Gentiles. This is Paul talking. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ, not by works of the law, since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. What, is, what are the works of the law? They're not bad. What if you live by the Ten Commandments? What if you actually make God, you know, the first and there are no other gods above him? What if you don't murder anybody? What if you don't lie to anybody? What if you, what if you don't ever covet? Can you ever be right with God? By trying harder. By being good enough. By comparing yourself to anyone else. By the way, do you compare yourself for good to people? Do you compare yourself as bad? to Both are the same sin. I'm better than that one. I'm not as good as that one. And you're trapped. It's a hamster wheel. It's the performance treadmill that only causes death. Religion kills. Relationship heals. And that is our word of faith. How? But faith in the right thing. Thank you. Now I've got another amener. This is great. And I'm going to keep preaching until I finally hear Cheryl go, ho, ho, ho. Then I'll know I'm on something. I'm doing good. 
We're not there yet, but I'm building toward that. Love you, Cheryl, so much. You help me you, in ways you don't understand. So here's the controversy. I know you're all nodding your heads. I know we're all in agreement. But then this little spanner gets thrown in the works, and it's James chapter 2, 21. Maybe some of you even thought of this one. James 20, 2, 21 through 23 says, Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works? What? All of the verses, by the way, that are read, no, we're justified by faith. And then almost all of them compare, it's not by works, it's not by your doing. And then James comes along and throws his monkey wrench out there. Hey, he was justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar. Do you, do you see that faith was working with his works? And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, and Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. So Abraham's faith in the promise that God made was credited to him. He became righteous, like we're made righteous with Jesus' righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. He found peace with God. Well, then it's about works, isn't it? I want you to notice something. The Holy Spirit highlighted this. I've never seen this before. You see that faith was working with his works. What preceded his works? Faith. And that's where I want to challenge all of us. Because the reality is, you have a genuine encounter with faith. You have a genuine encounter with justification. Now your sin is forgiven. And now you have the very nature of Jesus imparted to you. And is there a change? Do you now desire to love the way Jesus loved? Are you beginning to walk out in a gifting and a calling not to perform to be accepted, not to perform to be good enough with God, you already are. And out of that place of love and acceptance, now you can perform. Now you're empowered by his spirit to do the things he would do if it was him standing there. That's, come on! Jesus wants to walk on the earth again through you and me. He wants it to be here on earth as it is in heaven. And he's done everything to make it possible for each and every one of us to walk in that is that a mind-blowing vision for humanity? Whoa, let that soak in for a moment. Acts 10, 38. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good. Jesus was all about doing good works. And not for his ego, not for his reputation, purely for the sake of the one right in front of him. And the Father anointed him, slathered him. He was glistening 
with the oil of the Holy Spirit in every kind word, every release of power and healing. Everything he did was a good work flowing from a heart that had already been loved and accepted. Wow! I know Jeff is hungry. I know I'm hungry. I don't even understand Robin's hungriness, you know. It's just unceasing. I know many of us have been longing, God, I, I just, I want to see the end greater. I, I want to do the works that you did, and I know that you've got even more. And I thank God in this season, because of this wave, because of the openness that I see, the fasting and the prayer that's been going on, God wants to release that kind of power through each one of us. And it's a power of kindness. It's not a wowie zowie, hey, there you go, now the leg got stretched out. All of that is great, and I don't minimize them because it reveals God's glory. But I'll tell you what, the glory of a heart that was broken and isolated and lonely, finding a home in Jesus Christ and a family in his church, that is the power and the glory of God too. Is that right? Come on. Whew. I couldn't. You just listen to the, we'll put it up on the website. That is not in my notes, folks. Yeah. Oh, but each one of us have to do our own heart check. And you know what? I want to start doing it daily. God, am I doing this because of their expectation? Am I doing this so I'm going to feel good about myself? Am I doing this because it's your nature in me being released? And because I'm already loved, I don't have to prove anything. And because I'm already righteous, I want to do the thing you want me to do. I guarantee you no one is doing that 100% of the time. But I guarantee you the Holy Spirit right now wants to increase, double, triple, quadruple the number of times that your loving actions are now motivated, flowing out of being loved and accepted, empowered, anointed of the Spirit to do good, because it's Jesus' righteousness already pouring through your life. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship. We are his poem. He is writing a gospel of Jeff and writing a gospel of Alan and a gospel of John. He's expressing his glory and his redemptive power in each one of our lives in a way that is going to make people stagger, make them wonder. How in the world could a knothead like Charlie possibly be doing the things that he's doing. It's because I'm God's workmanship. He's been working on me for a long time. We're created in Christ to do what? Good works. I've been afraid of works long enough. Oh, I associate works with the law. No, I don't want to just perform. My fear of works has kept me from doing maybe the greater works. And we were created like Jesus for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon us and to do good. How? That I can embrace with my whole heart. Created in Christ Jesus for good work, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk. We don't talk. We don't just set a new standard in kind of a theological... No, it's practical. It's right now. It's demonstrated it's what it's a choice what's love got to do with it everything 
It's a choice to walk in that kind of love that changes the world around us. So I want <laughs> thank you, Cheryl. I, I finally got it. I knew I was going to get there. <laughs> we are all such a gift to each other. We have to wrestle individually, like, really? Am I walking in his forgiveness? Am I walking in his righteousness? But you want to go to the next level? Start looking for the righteousness in others and realize they have good works to do in your life. And seeing each person here and the uniqueness of God's fingerprint upon you just makes me so hungry to let you be everything God wants you to be in my life. And so when Jeff hosted that class preparing for the wave, and you're not going to prepare for the wave any better than learning to just accept by faith that he's justified you in his sight. You're made right. And so he did a horrible thing in that class. He, he made us be quiet for seven long, tormenting minutes. And I just thought, this is going to be brutal. I really did. I was like, I've got to be quiet for seven minutes. Some of you know me. Being quiet isn't my gift. And uh, so, man, then two minutes, it was like, oh, seven minutes isn't long enough. And I just began to bask in that place where I hadn't powered down for a while. It's like, wow, okay. But I had an encounter in that moment. And you know, our whole walk with him is about hearing his voice and responding in just simple faith and obedience to what we sense he's prompting us and saying to us, right? So I'm sitting there, okay, God, I'm being quiet. And uh, he said it with a strong voice in this case, too. He said, you are not your sin. He said, you are my righteousness and my holiness. I speak that word over all of you today. Regardless of what the devil has said, whatever failures you've had, you are not your sin if your faith is in Jesus Christ. You are the very righteousness and the holiness of God walking on the earth to do good works. Not to prove anything. You can't earn anything. You've already got everything. Father, we thank you so much for your amazing plan of sending your son to rec reconcile sons and daughters who had separated from you. Their, their sin made them aware of their problems and they didn't want to be around you and you weren't willing to let any of your kids go. So you had the most amazing plan of sending Jesus here to represent you and your love profoundly to each one. And so today, God, by faith, we say thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for forgiving our sin, but even more, thank you for the righteousness, the desire to love the way you love, to walk the way Jesus walked, to do and say the things he did, and even greater. So Holy Spirit, give each one of us a greater revelation. Release the power of what it means for you to bring heaven here on earth through justified 
sons and daughters. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. And if there is anything that you need prayer for, I'll just be up here as long as there's anyone willing to receive prayer. So uh, God bless you all. Have a wonderful weekend.